0: You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. And um, it's really easy to look at a series like this, I think, and go, well, this is a great motivational talk. This is a great motivational talk for me to set some goals for the year and um, maybe it's to improve your financial situation, your career, your health, your family, whatever it is. But the heart behind this series is that we would see what God sees for us for 2018. So today, week four, we're looking at the anointing of our dreams. And it's not it's not so much the final piece of the puzzle. I think it's more rather, Mel, um, Pastor Mel now I can say, Pastor Mel, uh, who's, who's bringing the word at Central this morning, we were sort of talking like it feels kind of almost back the front, like this should have been the first one. Because without the anointing, there's kind of not the dream. Um, it sort of starts the dream and it's what's gonna see it come to pass. So let's just pray this morning. God, I just pray this morning that you'd give us fresh eyes to see what you want us to see this morning, what you want us to see for 2018, what you want us to rest in for 2018. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Why don't you grab your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 4. And we're gonna start around verse 14. Okay, Jesus returned to Galilee. in So he's been out in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. He's been tested by the devil. That's all over and he's come back. So Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, "'The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor,' He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So what do you think of when you think of anointing? It's not a word that we use a whole lot, you know, in general conversation with the world, you know. I've never used it with anybody when I've been at Woolies or, you know, at school sports or anything. Um, the only time I think I've heard it out of a church context, did anybody ever used to watch, I don't think it's on anymore, um, Ready, Steady, Cook? Ready, Steady, Cook. Great show, great show. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, there was this chef on there, he was, um, I think he was from Ireland or somewhere like that, um, and but he lives in Australia, and he used to always refer... Like, he'd be putting oil or something on meat or the lamb, and he'd always go, oh, yes, and i just anoint the lamb. I anoint the lamb. And I'd always be like, what? <laughs> Only time I think I've ever heard it out of a church context. But we do use it a lot in church, right? You hear it sort of thrown around a little bit in church. So some might say, oh, it's a power encounter. Um some might say you know i feel it it's something that you feel you feel this anointing some would say it's like oil um it's oil on some old guy's beard you know there's a scripture about that there's a connection there some would say it's like think of ceremony or a sort of a special act And some would say that it's when Todd comes back at the end of the service and starts playing his guitar, that's when the anointing happens. But there's a specific Greek word that relates to this context and it's the word krio, which means to anoint. So to anoint means rubbing or pouring olive oil on someone. It represents a flow or empowering of the Holy Spirit. Anointing, like literally they would rub oil on on the head especially when it was presenting someone as divinely authorized or appointed by god to serve in a position it was the greek word for god choosing a person and empowering them for the task so follow this track with me the greek word creo i'm not going to put pastor keith's greek accent on it because i could not do it justice But it leads to Christos, so Jesus, the anointed one, where we get the word Christians from. So in Acts 11, the the disciples were first called Christians. So they were first called Christians in Acts because they were identified and associated with Christ. So you are anointed. Whether you feel it or not, You're anointed. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, walk away from your old life to seek first his kingdom, we become sons and daughters of God. We're given a full inheritance, the same inheritance that Christ has. We're identified in Christ and given his authority, his power and his anointing so often we forget that we have that same anointing. Sorry, sorry. So understanding that this anointing is on us as Christians will help us to have a confident assurance and faith rather than fear and insecurity. Wow. You know, you can hear three, listen to three podcasts a day from Elevation Church and everywhere else, but unless you actually apply what you hear, apply those revelations it's just knowledge for the sake of knowledge doesn't make any you any more Christ like just by listening so we've got to apply it so I want to encourage you this morning when you're listening this morning allow the revelation that you are anointed to get into your heart it's going to transform the way you live just stop for a minute just close your eyes imagine your life if you actually applied all the revelations you received. There's a dream. It's like the difference between making a decision to follow Jesus and knowing we're a son or daughter of Christ. Knowing your identity, it changes everything. Knowing you're anointed changes everything. It'll change your viewpoint, the position you operate from. It'll change your purpose and your resources. So that's all well and good, but how do I sit in that anointing that's going to empower my dream? I see it like a revelation on this. It's like a lens in glasses. It's like a lens that we should view our dreams through. So I've had glasses since I was as in, like, not just sunnies, but, you know, prescription glasses, since I was 18 months old, all right, elastic on the back of the head, coke bottle glasses, I was a cute kid. Uh, and had them up until probably the last, say, 12 years or so and I've, I don't, don't need them at all anymore and um, don't have to use them for close work, although that may be, you know, changing a little bit now because apparently I'm middle-aged. but. Um, <laughs> I know, it's wrong, isn't it? Um, But when I go to the optometrist, I took one of the kids recently and got my own eyes tested at the same time, and they will put a thing across your face, so you sit in the chair, and it'll either be like a machine that you look through where the lens changes, or they'll put like weird glasses, not goggles, they kind of feel like goggles, that have got little spaces in the top where they change the lenses, And my optometrist, who's very softly spoken and very clear, and you have to listen very, very hard to hear what he's saying, even when he's right beside your head. So I really spend most of the time with my face kind of like... ..because it seems to make a difference with how much I can hear. I don't know why. But um, it's because I'm middle-aged, right? I should be getting my ears checked, not my eyes checked, right? (laughs) Thank you, Darren. Um, but he says he always he'll change, put a lens in, and he'll go. You know, I'm looking at the letters on the back wall. You know, you all know how it is. If you've driven, you know that they make you do an eye test. So you're looking at this back wall, and he'll say, "Clearer with or without? Clearer with or without?" And if I hesitate, "Clearer with or without?" And he just keeps doing it until I answer him. And um, And then he changes it over, clearer with or without? Clearer with or without? Can I tell you, when you get a revelation of the anointing that is on you, it is gonna be so much clearer with than without. Your dream is just gonna give you a, you'll have a whole new perspective on it. Wear your glasses, don't take your glasses off, because you're gonna find rest and security and power. And resource and authority in those things. It's going to change what you see. And God will anoint the dream he gives you. One thing I'm really aware of is that when I've been praying for us and praying for this message that not all of us, have come through this series and are at week four and going, oh, I've got this awesome dream that God's put in my heart. I've listened to all these messages. I caught up on the podcast. I listened to them twice. And God's put this amazing dream in my heart. And, you know, I just can't wait to get going. So thank goodness you're talking about anointing because I didn't know how I was going to do it. And now I do. Excellent. We're not all in the same place. Some of us are apprehensive about what 2018 might hold for us. Some of us are still tired from last year and are going, how can it possibly be February in a couple of days? I've already wasted a month. When Darren said to me a a couple of weeks ago, oh, by the way, you're preaching on this, you know, on the 28th, I was like, oh, am I, what what series are we in? Because we've been on holiday as I was, you know, a bit out of it. Um, And I've got to admit, I took a bit of a deep breath And I was hoping it wasn't showing on my face. I was a little bit like, I'm preaching on what? I've got to say I didn't feel up to it. I knew that today God was gonna have to do some real preparation on me. And I didn't even think that I had the energy for it to be honest, I was like, I don't know if I've got the energy for you to do whatever you've got to do to prepare me for this. There are a few things that I had to do first for God to be able to really get this revelation into my heart and into my head before I could bring it to you. One thing, if you are in that place, I want to give you some practical things this morning is put 2017 to bed. Put it to bed. It's done. It's gone. We're in a new year. It's a fresh start. Go with that. The other day, I literally got my journal out and I wrote on the top of the page, stresses slash pressures from 2017. Because I have all this stuff, all this, and Darren said, you're cluttered. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. I was cluttered in my head and I had to write these things down and I just dot pointed them down, the things that I was feeling pressured from, from 2017, that I was carrying into 2018. And so many of them, so on the other side I wrote, um, what did I write? I wrote the, the things that can help me and to fix that so that I don't have to be pressured. Anyway, so it was an incredibly helpful exercise. So if you're feeling at that point now, because so many of them, I actually got to cross off, I go, you know what, I actually don't need to carry that through at all. We are are done with that, I can stop thinking about it, put that one to bed. To move forward, I had to put some disappointments behind that I can't do anything about. I had to put them to bed. Here's my next tip in that, if you're doing that exercise this week don't keep getting back up. We've got a seven-year-old who doesn't sleep as well as the first three children and it just like makes me want to bang my head on the wall um, because I feel like I did so well like being a complete like sleep Nazi with the first three and something, I don't know what happened, I did something that didn't work with the the fourth. so she goes to bed, and literally now I'm like, right, in my head, I, I don't just put it to bed, I'm like, right, she's got a drink bottle, she's got an iPod for music when she comes out and says, oh, I need some music to help me get to sleep. She's got a drink bottle by her bed. She's got fresh water. You've got to make sure the fresh water. It can't be the water from the day before because she knows about that. She knows the level that it was at. So you've got to have fresh water in the bottle. <laughs> Even if sometimes you just go to the bathroom, tip a little bit out and put it back, the level changed, so we're all good. Um... <laughs> You've got to make sure that there's a certain like covering on the light on the side, so it's not too bright, but it's not too dark. Like there's a whole pile of things to try and stop her getting back up again. And <laughs> this week we had a breakthrough. It's only been seven years. This week we had a breakthrough because I was like literally just like. Oh, like. I hate bedtime. I was starting to dread bedtime because I'm so sick of like this coming, getting back up, getting back up, getting back up, I just need this, I just need a band-aid. I started putting band-aids on the bedside table as well because you never know what amazing thing could have happened to her fingernail in that time or whatever. Stoppage goes there, purple ointment goes there, you know, there's like a chemist shop just in case. She just keeps getting back up. She just can't put it to bed. You can't put it to bed. Anyway, so this week we had a breakthrough and I talked to her. I said, I'm, I'm just so, so tired of how this happens every night, Joes. I just, can you just go to bed and stay there? Like, you're not getting up for any good reasons. I said, I'm so tired of it. What if tomorrow night you try and, you know, not do this? Okay, mum, yep, yep. Anyway, the next night, I didn't say anything about it, and in fact, I forgot about our little conversation. But the next night, she didn't get back up again. I'd done all the things, I'd had everything in there. And so the following day, by lunchtime, obviously I hadn't given it the recognition that it deserved, uh, <laughs> she said, um, So I, I was pretty good last night going to bed, wasn't I? And I went, Oh, you. You were. You're right, you, you didn't come out once, did you? And she's like, no, I didn't. I said, yeah, that's really good, really good. I'm proud of you, Jose. Do I get something for this? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say no. I'm not buying you something for something I've wanted you to do for at least the last four or five years. <sighs> But I said, I do still want you to do it again tonight and every night after that. Can we try that? Okay. The reward she gets is the rest, <laughs> all right? The, wa- the rest she gets when you put it to bed, when you put 2017 or the disappointments to bed, leave them there. The reward you're gonna get is the rest in your mind and the rest in God. No one's gonna pat you on the back and no one's gonna celebrate with a cake. No one's gonna buy you an LOL either, all right? (laughs) The reward is solely yours and it's the clarity you'll have to move forward in your anointing when you do this. You're chosen, rest in that. You know, knowing that I'm chosen by God brings me incredible, uh, yes, revelation as well, but reassurance, so many R words in this Christian world. (laughs) Brings me incredible reassurance. Revelation, see another R word, says the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Jesus, the anointed one, was part of the plan from the creation of the world. He was part of the plan from the beginning. You know, in my middle-agedness, if this is my life, I'm guessing that say I live till my mid-80s. I feel like that's probably reasonable these days. Do you think? I'm probably about. I'm probably about this far through. No, just kidding. I'm probably. I'm <laughs> about halfway. All right, I'll be 42 tomorrow. I'm I'm halfway. And what brings me incredible reassurance is that whilst I see all of this, right, I see all that beginning half, he actually saw the whole lot. He sees that 42 to, let's give me till 84, right? He sees the 42 to 84. He already, like, heard the spoiler. He's he's written all the rest of it. But I just know this bit. It brings me incredible reassurance to know that I've been chosen by him. He chose me. It wasn't like, oh, that's right, she arrived. Oh, what are we going to do with her? i better come up with something. It's all all done. David was out in the backfield somewhere when he was chosen to be king. He didn't stand out to anyone but he did stand out to God. He didn't have a pile of demonstrated skills or abilities. He hadn't been running any companies. He wasn't the CEO of anything. And they went, he could be good for this job. He was unknown to the world, but known by God. He was known to God. Now I, I feel like that's a word for somebody today that you might feel unknown to the world, but you're known by God. He was anointed as king because he was chosen by God. If you're chosen for something, you're the right one. He doesn't have someone else's dream for you on the back burner. Run that race, the one for you, the one that you're anointed for. My last point is that you're sent. Jesus was sent. We're anointed, we're sent. So you've got to put some legs on it. Growing up, um, my friend Kerry and I, we used to spend an awful lot of time together. And um, her, she used to say, oh dad, can you just get me that? go and get me that from the kitchen or go and get me that from wherever and he'd say, your legs painted on? (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I think that's where we are. We kind of haven't put legs on it. Your legs aren't painted on. You're anointed for it, feel it or not. The word anoint in Luke 4 that we read just a little while ago it's a verb meaning it's it's active it's gonna happen it's happening you don't have to wait for it it's on you so you've got to have confidence and embrace it I saw an ad this week for a marathon and this is the little blurb for it Blackmore's Sydney Marathon it's in September if anybody's interested so, a marathon is 42.195 kilometres, I won't be joining you if you're going, just in case you wanted to ask. It says, Blackmore's Sydney Marathon, fast, uh, flatter, faster and even more beautiful. Run one of the world's most scenic marathon courses, taking in some of city's most spectacular and historic landmarks, including the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. really think these marathon runners are in it for a scenic jog like I can't imagine that they're going I'm gonna do that because of the scenery that is I'm not gonna do a tour of Sydney I'm gonna do a marathon so that I get to see the Sydney Harbour Bridge in the Opera House I would imagine that they're fairly singular focused that For them, it's about getting over the finish line. Whether they're getting a trophy or not, I guess some of them are, you know, they want a trophy or they want the recognition. But some of them, I'd say they just want to know that they did it. But they've got to prepare themselves and get ready. They do the day-to-day things to get ready. Enough sleep, eating well, training. Someone who actually does these things might be able to tell you better than me. But getting up one day and thinking, I'm gonna run 42 kilometers today, it doesn't work to succeed in a marathon. If you've done nothing to prepare, it's probably not gonna be overly successful. One step in that path doesn't help them reach the 42K mark. Each step they take is, is a step in the direction of fulfilling their vision. So it's our responsibility to steward the anointing, to look after what he's put on us, to stay submitted, listening, obedient. In Luke 4, it said, he came to Nazareth where he'd been reared. As he always did in the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was in, and blah, 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 it goes on as he always did, he was, he was doing the day to day. He knew that there was an anointing on him. He knew he was set apart for something, but he continued to do the day to day, the steps that it takes. He was going on with life as usual. It's in the faithful, it's in the seeking first his kingdom, one foot in front of the other, step by step, It's not just in a glorious end goal. He was just going about his usual routine. doesn't say that he did anything different in particular on that day. He made a choice to get up and go to the house of God. He knew from a young age, Luke chapter 2 verse 49, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? You know when he went missing from his parents? His public ministry didn't begin until he was 30. So we've got like an 18-year gap there where he was just doing, just sitting in his anointing, just doing the stuff. In the Passion Translation, it says this, it's this version of it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I've come to share the message of jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. You have been sent to bring freedom. You've been sent to bring fresh perspective, to bring acceptance and love. It's our job to leave people better than we found them. Just one step at a time. Your dream this year might just be as simple as I want to get my finances in order. I want to be able to leave a great inheritance for my children. That's what the Bible says, leave a great inheritance for your children. That's what I want to do. But at the moment, I'm struggling to pay the bills. So what I need to do is get a way better paying job. So you're looking through, seek all the time, seeing what better paying jobs are coming up. You know what the first step is? And to tithe. Just tithe. When you seek him first, it all falls into place. You might have hope for, a dream for your marriage, and feel like, oh, this is just hard slog. It's just hard work. Your first step might be one touch, one kind word. It might be turning off your phone for a while. It might be turning off the TV so that your family can connect over dinner. For you it might be, I want to preach the word. I do, I do feel a calling to some form of platform ministry. Well, this year for your dream, your first step might be to go to C3 College on Tuesdays just to get a start. Might be to start going to a connect group or come in church twice a month instead of once a month. Pastor Nate said a couple of weeks ago that small steps seated in faith because we know, because we know they lead to a bigger picture. When we understand we're anointed as Jesus was, that we carry his same anointing, my dream changes from being about me and what I can do in my own strength to being about what God has purposed for me. I'd forgotten that this year. I was tired from last year. I felt like every area of my life when I separated out had different pressures that It it was feeling like none of it was easy. Church was by far the easiest. That says something (laughs) incredible. Uh, (laughs) I started looking at my own strength and what I could handle, what I could carry instead of looking to God and the anointing that he's put on me for each one of my roles that I have in life. Wanting to say this with me, I am called, I am chosen, I am empowered, I am sent by God, and I am anointed for this dream. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.